Rain, sleet, no, not even snow can stop us from doing our weekly show. Even if it's at 8.30 in the morning on a Saturday. Hey, everybody, it's No Agenda coming to you from uh, the United Kingdom. My name's Adam Curry. I'm John C. Dvorak here in Lisbon, Portugal, where uh, it's 8.30 in the morning. Yeah, and it's like we're on really old guy time, John. <laughs> it's like Speak the, for yourself. John calls me uh, Calls me yesterday, he says... Uh, Hey, let's uh, let's do the show tomorrow at eight o'clock, eight a.m. I said, no, 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 no. So I appreciate the eight thirty. That that makes a, a big difference in my life. You can go back to bed afterwards. <laughs> I can't. I can't get back to sleep after I'm awake. It, it it never works. Well, then you can thank me for getting you up early. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, John, how's Portugal doing? That's about seventy degrees, sunny. It's beautiful oh, today. We're gonna go out doing some f- some photography. So I'm over here uh, at one of the trade shows, the uh, the, the government import export agency trade agencies. Now, what is that? Isn't, that? isn't that arms dealers import export? No, this is all tech. And uh, in fact, yesterday, I, if I was in the arms business, I'd probably be better off. But <laughs> uh, so yesterday, the the I kind of split off from the group and went with the, one of the other uh, trade representatives, and we went up to the wine country. <laughs> um, hold on a second. Where, where? So you're staying in Lisbon right now? Yeah. And where is the wine country, according to to you? Well, the wine country is all over the place. When you exactly. start looking, that's, that's my point. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not quite as bad as France, where you know you can't walk down the street without running into a winery. But right. it's it's still the, the the place we went was uh, out uh, was out an hour and a half out of town. Everything, any place you want to go in Portugal is always about an hour. It's always yeah. an hour and a half. It, it's, it's, and I've been there many, many times, uh, particularly in the, in the eighties. But one of the things I did yesterday, which was, I thought, and I kind of wanted to do this for years, I went to a cork factory. Hmm. Which seems to be no longer a growth market. Taha, see? Thank you very much for walking into that one. No, dude, it's early, okay? No, I mean seriously, the the cork people are 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 literally pissed off about the prop the anti cork propaganda that's been going around, including the uh, commentary that you know they're chopping down cork trees and their corks are all bad and blah 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 because this is all turns out to be done by the uh, plastics enclosures, uh, public relations. Oh, agencies. of course, but, of course, that's that's and, how it goes, right? You just um, spew some bullshit into the ether and take away someone's uh, market. Out it comes. So the fact of the matter is, in in reality, the cork plantations are are growing as we speak at four percent a year here in Portugal, hmm. and it's also illegal. Even if you bought a house with a cork tree in it, they've got all these these trees registered. You can't touch that tree, even if you're never going to take the cork bark off. You know, I and, never realized that, and this may sound weird, but I've never realized that cork comes from uh, a tree called the cork tree. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen a cork tree ever. Well, that's another thing that I this I actually I slightly embarrassed about not knowing this, but it's if you you can see these things it, actually in Portugal, from what I can tell, I, wherever you go, that's all you see. Every almost every other tree is a cork tree. Hmm. It's an oak, huh? It's a specific kind of oak. It's an oak cork oak. But do, do and, you have to do you have to treat the um, you have to treat the wood when you cut it down, or is it just like a real? No, cork? you never cut the you never cut the wood down. What, what is cork? Cork grows on the cork tree. 
this it's it's a special kind of bark that this tree uh huh. develops it takes about 40 years before it gets thick enough that it becomes you, you can make corks out of it wow. which is a long-term investment so most of these trees are quite old and they they go for about 100 years and uh i got believe me i got the lecture and uh <laughs> but anyway but so i'm we're a couple of days ago we're taking a trip down south and, and i kept looking around and i saw some of these trees that have the because they strip off every seven years they, they take the bark off that during one part of the year like like shearing a sheep yeah. and it's a very careful process they take the bark off and then it regrows it takes another seven years to get another batch but i'm looking around i'm saying well that's interesting that they're taking the bark off these oak trees because you know being from uh, the bay area where oakland is <laughs> you know you get used to and i have an oak tree in my backyard i know what oak looks like it has a distinctive look as it grows because it's just a good looking tree yeah. and all i'm seeing are these oak trees and then I see a bunch of oak trees with the bark stripped off of them. I'm thinking, I wonder what that's all about. <laughs> Never added two and two, obviously. Oh, and so then they pointed out that, the, yeah, no, it is an oak dummy. And so uh, the, the whole country is covered with these things. And they showed us a map at the at the cork place. And this is like, it's unbelievable how many of these trees are here. In fact, we were at the cork factory. And one of only, uh, you know, this is only one of hundreds of these places they had 14,000 tons of bark oh, stacked up in the back in the back and, and and this bark is light so you can imagine what that looked like and uh, anyway so, i got so um so so it is it is truly a, a business that is uh, it's, growing. To, it's growing by 4% yeah, yeah. but hmm. And uh, the rest of it's nonsense too. They were talking about. Here's what their litany was, and I I brought this up. Now, right now is this this part of the import export um, tour that that were you forced to go to this because uh, you took this junket, this press junket? Were you forced to go to the uh, to the cork farm? No, I have, this is my my decision. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> we're forcing you to the cork farm. Come on, uh, get to work. They, there's always you got you got you got to pay the piper somewhere. What did they force you to do on this trip? Uh, they, what was the thing they, that they they. Forced, they Huh? They forced us to go down to their big uh, dock scene down in... Uh, Ooh, look at the pretty ships coming in. Well, it was, it's like their new project. It's a deep water port south of <laughs> Lisbon, an hour and a half. An and, hour and a half south of Lisbon, of course. In Oporto, by any chance? No, Oporto's north. Oops. Oporto's north of Lisbon. Actually, it's about three hours. It's just a long way. But uh, in, no, it's south of Lisbon, and uh, yeah, we had to do that. So that was kind of uh, wasn't that interesting. <laughs> I mean, I've seen docks before. <laughs> I live in the Bay Area, San Francisco. I mean, you know, yeah, really. In fact, these docks were like kind of Mickey Mouse compared to what we have in you know the Bay Area, we, where they got you know hundred. I mean, it's just like ridiculous difference. So, um, so that was one of the issues. It was kind of like boring, but. The cork thing wasn't. It was quite. No, that's interesting. interesting. That's. Did you pick up any souvenirs? They have some. Oh yeah, no, I got a chunk cork. of really ex exclusive super cork, big piece. The guys chopped it off for me right from the right, right from, from the batches right that the, they were sorting. Cool. And I also got a piece of extruded cork. That's about. Uh, I, I told them they should be making these gag corks. You know that are extremely long. Uh, I saw this on a Benny Hill once where he pulls out the cork the thing's about a mile long it's like bigger than the oh, bottle just, it just keeps coming out of the bottle man. <laughs> that's funny so um, but anyway I, I, I took a lot of little movies with the uh, small digital camera so I'm going to post them but I'm also going to post this thing where this woman says it's a crock of crap about what they've been saying <laughs> about cork and, and here's what the litany is is that the corks have all gone bad the corks are bad 
because they, they, they've over-harvested them, and so they can't get any good cork anymore, which is crazy. Yeah. And then the, they're loaded with TCA, which is that cork taste, which they, they're, they're actually testing to extremes with now. And that the, they're chopping the trees down, and that which apparently is the one that really irks the cork. Because they don't, because you got to take care of your cork it's tree. It's illegal. Yeah. But it's also illegal, so you can't do that, and that's not the way the whole thing works. Well, illegal in Portugal, maybe. Yeah, well, Portugal is still the big cork producer of the world, mm. and um, I mean the whole country is just cork trees, and um, so anyway, they're a little annoyed by the by the propaganda, and I was actually kind of taken aback by the these, uh, you know, but once hearing her, you know, lament, mm-hmm. I realized, you know, oh, there we go again. Here's our public relations machines, right. you know, spewing whatever it is well, to the well, public. That, that's why I asked, you know, if if it was on the tour, if it was on the, you know, a forced, uh, a forced right, no. outing or not. Oh, okay, well, right. that's, that Just sounds a pretty question, legit. By the way, yeah. because that is that is, you know, you, you can, which is part of a public relations scheme. Uh, but no, it wasn't. It was my my decision, and I'm the one who insisted on it. And they, the court person, court person, she. <laughs> went on about you know we don't we don't we haven't done much in the way of PR. PR. We have yeah. not. We have hey, not. Hey, John, that's perfect. No agenda. Brought to you by the Portuguese cork industry, proudly bringing you cork. <laughs> Did you, you think know, that'd that, be a great sponsor for us? Okay, I'm going to work on it. I don't see why they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean we talk about wine. We talk. They got. Yeah, they got tons of dough. We need some. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we'll push their cork agenda. <laughs> that would be but cool. She, that would be very, very cool to says, be sponsored uh, by the cork. She says the... Uh and then she makes the complaint about these plastic enclosures, besides the plastic corks, which generally don't work, by the way. But there's, there's a plastic screw top. She says, you know, you got a, you know, your metals, just a polluting thing, and you got the plastic, which is non-renewable inside, yeah, and yeah. on and on. So you know, that plastic stuff can make you sterile, too, I hear. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, if you put it over you, we know when Ah, but doom doom. Thank you. So anyway, so I'm, but anyway, the, the country's uh, quite uh, pretty. What I, I was, I'm kind of surprised by the, uh, uh, the amount of English literacy that's here. And that's really I mean, only, that's only really been the, the past 20 years. I mean, uh, uh, when I was in Portugal in the, uh, in the early 80s, dude, third world country. Yeah. Yeah, things have changed since eighty. Actually, it was I think it was eighty six, but uh, I was told this uh, that once they joined the EU, that's when it happened. Yeah, that's well, that's when they started to come out of third world ship. Exactly. Right, and they just shot right, you know, to the. Uh, did you drive, right did you drive by the football stadium? The beautiful yeah. new. It's great because yeah. they don't have a team, which is what I think is the funniest thing. <laughs> they have a national team. Yeah, but they don't have a team that actually plays anywhere. Oh, yeah, that's true. They, they're on the road. They built that stadium because they were hosting, I think, the, either the European or the World Cup. They don't really have a team that, that can really competes. they got some good players, but not uh, not a national team that does any good. I think they'll argue with you about that. No, no, no. I think they won't argue with me about that. Well, I don't know. I don't follow the game because I'm an American. And you, yeah, that's right. Well, and it's a girls' game in the United States, and what can I say? But you know, I think the girls who who play um, soccer, as you would call it in the states, I don't know, man. It, I I think they're hot looking. Yeah, well, that's fine. Yeah, so so that means that game is uh, is a it's a good game. It could be on television more often. It's like field yeah. hockey, women's field hockey. Oh, Why don't we just it. have naked volleyball? No, 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 no. See, see, that's the typical American way. No finesse. And that's to be like beach volleyball. You know, here in Europe, it's like, you know, we know, we know what's hot. We got our, our women's football and then we've got the uh, women's field hockey. Ah. Mm. 
I see you can't get into it. Tennis, maybe. So, uh, oh, you'll like this. Um, Martina Navratilova is uh, on uh, the current episode of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. <laughs> and she's great, along with, you'll love this, George Takei. Oh, 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 hey now. <laughs> George Takei. I'm hooked on the show once again. What a great cast. You watch too much television. No, I do not. So I'm watching the television over here, of course, so I get to watch your own news, which I'm going to have to get a feed of or something, because I think it's quite interesting, even though they, they're just a little repetitious. So the, you know, I, I got the biggest kick out of a couple of things I've been seeing, which they haven't really been played much in the States, but apparently they had, you probably saw this, and I don't know if you noticed it or not, but Merkel came in to, to Italy to visit Berlusconi, who was sick, I guess, and, mm -hmm. and he was going to surprise everybody by standing on the sidelines as they walked in. Yeah. So they're here, so they're showing this film. There's Merkel, the German yeah, lawyer, it, prime minister, uh, prime minister chancellor, chancellor Merkel, yes, chancellor. Yeah, she comes rolling in and with with a couple of her assistants, and one of her aides looks over to the right as they're walking toward the door, and there's Berlusconi standing by the uh, in the kind of the side, like watching them go in. Right, and he spots them, so he just oh, you know, and he starts going over to you know to, to shake his hand or whatever. Merkel sees him, and she literally shoves the guy, her assistant, whoever it is, damn near shoves him to the ground to get to Berlusconi first. <laughs> uh, 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 I have to see you, Silvio. <laughs> and she just like she pushes this guy and he never gets to over even come over. He stands at attention like, you know, whoops, I guess I made a mistake protocol wise or something like that. She just looked like such a jerk. Well, because they're, they're all falling over each other now. You know, they've had their little meeting and they've I told you they gave the U.S. 100 days to comply with whatever Europe is doing. And they're all going to solve the financial crisis. Angela, Silvio and uh, and Nicolas. What a joke. And throw in Gordon Brown and woo, we know how to do it. We know how to solve it. We're yeah, financial no. financial experts now. Well, we'll probably be out of the whole thing two or three months before they even get into it deep enough to make a difference. I but, was so uh, I was so ready to gloat yesterday. You know, up until the last hour, the market was so close to my seventy two eighty six mark. It was only like three hundred points away. And then and, they and, and, and then what happened? Oh well, and then uh, Barack Obama announces uh, his pick for <laughs> for uh, Treasury Secretary. And the thing skyrocketed. Because they, they, they he's picking a reptile. Yeah. <laughs> I no, mean, this, much. this guy, what's his name again? Um, yeah, I'd have to look it up. Yeah, no. It's one, of their, it's one of their own. Well, not just one of their own. This, this guy is the, he's the full deal, man. He's, uh, he worked for, uh, didn't he work for Carter? He's in the Council of Foreign Relations. He's the president of the New York Federal Reserve. And it just, go, it just goes on and on and on with this guy. He's connected to everybody. There's no change. <laughs> well, there was hope for change. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I, um, I'm, I'm looking it up now because uh, Timothy Geithner, that's his name. Yeah, Geithner, right. So he's connected... He, the the group of thirty who he's amazing. Have you ever heard of the group of thirty? These guys. This is a scary little club. Yeah, these are just drinking clubs. Uh, I don't know, man. This is just. This is definitely just more of the same. Print and well, print and yeah, well, spend. Well, this is a uh, you know what? Why? What is Barack going to do? Well, you know, he essentially has to keep you know everybody happy. Mm. Which is the uh, group that you're the people you hate. 
Tim- Timothy so- Geithner also uh, worked for Kissinger Associates for three years. <laughs> Could that... get any worse. <laughs> it really can't. Well, Barack Obama, of course, will be doing uh, fantastic speeches because that's what he does. Vapid and uh, without, yeah, yeah without, uh, without any content. Uh, Rahm Emanuel, I, I saw, uh, one of his rare appearances. He was, um, on C-SPAN. He appeared before the press. Um, and the question was asked specifically, you know, how, so how are you guys going to pay for all this, uh, stimulus and everything you're giving away? And he's just like, uh, and, and he's another one of these guys. Look, that's how it starts. Whenever someone says, look, it's like, all right, you know, you're being programmed. Look, look. I'm going to, look, listen, look, 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 listen. I'm going to tell you how it is. And he doesn't actually answer the question, of course. Of course not. No. Look, uh, look, 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 look. We, we look, can, look. Uh, there are many things that are being spent, uh, on twice. And so we'll eliminate half of those. Look. <laughs> look. I know look and um. I don't mind the um, but the look thing is getting really irritating, and I'm seeing it more. It, you you hear it a lot on CNBC, um, and it's just an it's another one of the. Remember we were talking about I think I believe I think meetings that go look. on forever with people saying that. And now it's just look, look, look. and it's so look. offensive. Look, look, you fuck. Look over here because look at me because I know what I'm talking about. Look, and everyone does it. Well, the other one, besides look, is also guess what, and you know what, you know yeah. what? Yeah, you know I don't what? know. I don't know what. You know what? I'm not going to guess you know what. what. You know what? what? You know guess what? what? Guess look, what? listen. <laughs> We're a sad, sad, sad species. That's, that's pretty pathetic. Our, our language has d- diminished down to uh, having to get people's attention with everything that comes out of our face. So there was a couple other things I wrote down, some notes during the weeks as I was watching these stuff. And yeah, but you, en- you enjoy the European news. I'm sure you're having fun uh, oh, yeah, st- no, getting I some get, real news for a change. It's just all different, you know. I mean, we the, the, we don't get the same news at all in the States. Uh, and so when I'm over here, I'm always like kind of glued to the news. I don't get to watch a lot of the other stuff on television because I'm always, I get the biggest kick out of these, you know, their, their perspective on everything. Yeah. And although I did watch a lot of the, I was watching the coverage uh, on Bloomberg when the market turned around yesterday and shot up like a uh, like a rocket. Did I hear the like, did I hear the church bells just chime in the background there, John? Here, no, it wasn't my church bells. You sure? Yeah, no. What it is? I, there's something. This setup, this rig I brought with me, it's got the microphone's not grounded right or something, and it's it's picking up a radio station. You're, <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me turn. <laughs> let me turn off the uh, the noise gate. Let me hear you. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm listening to the station. Hold on. You want, let me move the move it around. <laughs> move, a bit. Let's see what we're picking up. Hang on. <laughs> oh, good song. That's if I hold the mic straight up in the air and it looks like the Statue of Liberty. That's what it sounds like. That was good, man. That was a good station. Could you just go back and lift your left leg a little bit? Because I almost had it in stereo. I don't think I can change channels. That's the problem. But I, I, I got to figure out what to do. I mean, although I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to – what I brought with me was a uh, an M-Audio uh, adapter and then I yeah. got a uh, – a high uh, PR uh, – So are you – wait, are you using uh, – but you have a – 
the Heil is, uh, you're not going through a USB with the Heil, are you? Going no, no, I'm going through the, I'm taking the right. Heil as a PR40, I'm going through an M-Audio. Right. Yeah. Uh, a fast track, and then the fast track hooks to the computer. Yes, M audios. Uh, those are the one, that's the thing that's not shielded. I'm, I've never been happy with M audio interfaces. Yeah, unless somebody out there can get me a better idea for an interface. I mean, I know there's a couple of things that might work, but uh, this thing has got at least it has a few controls on it, so I can at least. But what I like to do is get rid of it. I mean, I like the Heil mic a lot because it's a it's a it's a dynamic mic, so I don't need a, a preamp. Yep. And it I, I use it myself. It's it's a beautiful mic. It's a great mic, but it's a big clunker. Well, do you take it in the wooden box? No, I just wrap it up in you know, some bubble wrap. Some, <laughs> some newspaper. <laughs> no, I, so, I, I, I take it in the big, box. I, I always put the box in my suitcase. I'm going to uh, I'm going to uh, get a countryman or something like that. That's just really doesn't you know. You know, no... I got a lot of comments about that. That's the that's the, the mini microphone that we were talking about on on last week's show. I I wouldn't mind trying out a couple of those uh, that new technology for microphones as well. It sounds very exciting, actually. The countryman is astonishing. Mm. I mean, it was the first time I saw one. I said, "What are you kidding me?" And because guy, I think it's a MEMS. It's not a normal microphone. Uh, uh, I mean, and, and so when you hook it up, up you put it, you know, when you first talk into it, it sounds like this mic. And yeah. you can't, because there's no diaphragm, so you can't f- believe that you're getting this kind of, this bass, this beautiful bassy sound from this little bitty minuscule little dot. And mm. uh, it, it's a it's an astonishing product. I think they cost about 400 bucks. Anyway, yeah, you'd love them. You, your voice in the country man would be like perfect. Oh yeah, baby, how you doing? No agenda. Brought to you by the Portuguese Cork Industries and Countryman. I'm just practicing. Yeah, well, we, we need One to. Day when we have, uh, <laughs> we need to do more to more than practice. We need to sell these guys. So anyway, so then I went to uh, one of the big wineries, which I'll uh, document in a. Uh, ah, yes, yeah, very nice. And uh, they served us lunch, and we come out the outside. You know, this was a range too, so you go out there, and I'm looking. They have the they have the uh, outside. This is a huge place. They have a um, Portuguese flag, a EU flag, the flag of the state or the winery, and then a USA flag. It turned out they put that USA flag. Just, just cause, I was the yeah, because you were there. Sure, I thought it was you know just going to be there all the time. I was thought I was baffled. Um, do you speak any Portuguese? No, it's almost impossible to. I mean, if you speak speak a little Spanish, you nah, can't. I mean, this, even even that throws you off. You can't. You cannot think you can speak any Portuguese by speaking some Spanish. No, it's impossible. Yeah. And then they they pronounce everything totally different. Yeah. Uh, it's just, the, but you can read it rather easily. It's yeah. like a really easy language to pick up if you want to just read stuff. If you can find someone there who's uh, over forty, John, I'm, and I'm sure you're hanging out with lots of them. Um, Portuguese who have who have been in Portugal uh, all their life. Ask them. If, <laughs> what are you doing, man? Is that the cheese whistle? Go on. Uh, ask them if they remember Adam Curry. Oh, seriously? Okay. From uh, from uh, Europa Television. Yeah. Okay. Because in uh, in eighty eighty three or so, I was on uh, like every day for an hour. Uh, in the afternoon, all of a sudden, on uh, on the terrestrial uh, RTP two. Oh, yeah, they probably remember you. Well, I don't Maybe. know. You, they got they got to be over at least thirty five or forty. Okay. Ada Ada O'Coril would be my name. What? Ada O'Coril. Ada O'Coril. Ada O'Coril. <laughs> Adam Curry. So, um, 
Yeah, yeah, I'll go out and start soliciting. You want some dirty words? You want some nasty stuff to say in Portuguese? I'm leaving tomorrow, so it's not going to be like I'm going to use it. I haven't seen a lot of hookers around here anyway. (laughs) You know, they're, uh, they're making a new law in the United Kingdom, which has been all the news for the past couple days, of course. Um... Uh, although they are not going for a complete outright ban on prostitution, uh, they are making it uh, a serious offense, and it could get you jail time. Will certainly get you, as they as they say, named and shamed, which means they'll they'll put your picture in the newspaper. It's getting crazy. If you um, uh, if you um, talk to a prostitute now, if you have sex with a prostitute who is either a a sex slave. Uh, B. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, if, you if, have to grill him first. Are you a sex yeah, slave, by yeah, the way? Yeah, yeah, please answer this questionnaire. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, the, it's like, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't understand how they're going to do it. This is, this is the big conversation. Exactly what you just said. So, okay, so we're not allowed to have sex with prostitutes who are enslaved or have a pimp. Uh, but how do we know? And ignorance, by the way, will not be accepted as an excuse. <laughs> I think you have to make him sign a contract. Yeah, but this is nuts. You grab, you, you run into the prostitute, you figure out what's going on, pull up, you have to have a, a, a stock contract in your pocket. Yeah. You pull it out and you say, look, lady, I'm, I'm all for this, <laughs> look, but lady. right now, read this over, <laughs> sign it, and we'll, we'll talk. You're going to get this in the United States as well, I'm sure. No, actually, in certain segments, this already happened in certain areas. I mean, there's a, there's various local laws. For example, in uh, California, uh, if you, although this is this, is, these laws are like the, like communist laws. You know, they're they're enforced uh, on an as needed basis. In other words, if they want to screw you, yeah. uh, they'll they'll force. They can use it, this. yeah. If if they want to nail you like Spitzer, then uh, then all yeah, of a sudden exactly. it's really yeah, important get, stuff. Yeah, I got you. So, uh, like in California, uh, they have a, uh, if you, if there's a prostitute on the corner and you drive your car up and you solicit her and she gets in and she happens to be a cop, uh, then they can impound your car. <laughs> and keep it. They can keep your car. Of course. And why not? Because it was used for an illegal act. <laughs> <laughs> so you go, but my car. You know, what, so what? I, always, I always tell people to use renters. <laughs> <laughs> or, or no, if you get some old clunker, you got to get rid of, and nobody will take it. That's right, because it would cost you five hundred bucks just to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, you have to be having confiscated. But you know, I, I really don't understand. Has have they ever done any research on uh, on prostitution? I mean, yes, of course, there's a tremendous sex uh, or there's tremendous slavery issues in general, certainly in the United Kingdom. And I'm not talking about sex slaves. It's just slaves over here. These racist British. I'm just going to say it. Um, but have they ever looked at a society like the Netherlands as an example where, uh, legal prostitution actually works? Um, you know, this is here in the United Kingdom, highest divorce rate, highest teen pregnancy rate. No, this has been studied to death. In fact, Nevada, which where it is legal, um, they, you know, they have the lowest sex crime rate in the country. They have a, you know, the, the divorce rate's not, would they have a high divorce rate because people go there for quick divorces, but beside this, it's got nothing to do with the locals. And, uh, no, it's already been studied to death and it's a known fact that where you have a legal prostitution, you don't have a lot of other sex crimes, basically. A lot, the rapes are way down and or if, it, almost negligible, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but that's beside the point because it's a sin. 
No, it's a religious thing, huh? That's that's the thinking, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, but what's weird to me, here's a classic example of the kind of strange, skewed thinking. So uh, this last election in San Francisco, they put it on the ballot to legalize prostitution within the city limits. Yeah. And I guess within, I, you know, I think this would have been overturned by the state anyway because of state law. But that's beside the point. They, they couldn't even pass it. It would lost 60 to 40 or something like that. So here you have this probably the most liberal city in the entire state of California outside of Berkeley, which has never tried to pass something like this. And the funny thing is that uh, they vote no. When you uh, so so prostitution illegal in California, and then you look at uh, you look at one of the big industries in Southern California. You know that the the root word for actress in Latin uh, is the same as prostitute. I think I did know that, and that's why I think one of the reasons that actors and actresses were always considered low-class. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, not low-class, high-class, extremely well-paid hookers. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that's why I think it, it was a lot of... Well-to-do families, you had they, they, you know, had a, they didn't like their children to Dude, go into move, move to the left a little bit, John. I'm picking up too much, uh, too much of uh, Lisbon uh, of the of the, of the, the Lisbon Morning Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> there, there we go. Well, anyway, it just irks me, and the thing that I that just pisses me off is, you know, everyone's pontificating about, oh, it's because there's so many women enslaved in the sex trade. Well, go go bust those sex trade rings, and then come back, and I'll buy you a hooker. You know, it's like, please, this is I'm I'm so against this this movement. It just it really pisses me off, having grown up with prostitutes. Yeah, well, in the, the Netherlands is a good example of you know how yeah. how the system can work fine. Nobody cares, but uh, no, in fact, yeah, it's seen as healthy. It's seen as 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 a part of uh, of a healthy lifestyle. In I mean, to a degree, obviously. Yeah, well, it's better than a bunch of people with pent up sexual frustration roaming around. You know, they're, they're, they're beating crack. people up and, and killing people and going crazy. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's just not not going to happen. And I think that San Francisco votes a good example of how deeply ingrained this this kind of attitude is. We have the most liberal city you can imagine, and they can't even muster enough but, votes to. But meanwhile, it's a joke. I mean, it's not like you like, like there's no sex trade going on, right? You th- thank God for the internet. Well, of course, now the latest thing is they're cracking down on Craigslist, which is the was the conduit for. Um, a yeah, for of, a lot of the erotic uh, services ads. Yeah, erotic yeah. services. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, you know, it's, you, you could go over there and look at these erotic services, and it was just a bunch of hookers. Well, but it's well, not it's just a bunch of hookers. You know, there's it's like, a bunch of hookers. Yeah, it's a bunch of hookers. And they're visiting, and then, uh, you know, they don't solicit, yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't solicit so, money, John. They don't solicit money. They solicit, I know, they, they roses. Roses. <laughs> Oh, uh, you're reliably informed. <laughs> Seen it. Three hundred roses. Roses. <laughs> roses. I think it'd be hilarious for some bonehead show up with three hundred roses. <laughs> exactly. Hey, baby, it's my roses. So I didn't know. You know. <laughs> we know entirely too much about this industry. Uh, well, it's around. It's all over the place. You can't get around it. So uh, what else is going on? Well, um, of course, although it's been kind of beat to death, I, I really, particularly after uh, knowing a couple of venture capitalists who went to uh, China uh, to raise money from the sovereign wealth funds and flew commercial and not in their uh, in their private jet uh, because they're smart. Uh, it was pretty funny to see the uh, 
the big three automakers fly their private jets down to Washington to beg for money. Oh, that is funny. You you didn't follow this? You didn't know about no, this? No, I, I didn't. Oh, know, no, oh man, this I is this is that must have been the story they played. Oh, of played course, this is this is the Europe. big story. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And uh, it's, it's it's just funny. It's you know it's it, but what's kind of happening is the same thing. We're we're all angry. Everyone's angry. And instead of venting our anger at the real evil people, i.e., Hank Paulson, Neil Kashkari, and while I'm at it, the entire Senate who passed the stupid bailout bill, everyone's now saying, "Oh, this bailout bill was was wrong. It's all going wrong. It's not working. We should have known better." And so they're looking for a scapegoat. And as we discussed a couple of weeks ago in the United Kingdom. Uh, they went for the government employee, Jonathan Ross, who was a television talk show host and, and making a lot of money. And so, you know, then they get all pissed off at him. And so now it's like, oh, let's get some pissed off at someone else. You know, instead of the actual the bankers, they're the ones we need to be pissed off at. But, the, you know, the, but no one's angry or the, we don't know who to yell at, I guess. I don't know. So we're just grabbing anybody. And, of course, you know, can you imagine the jokes that are flowing around? You know, you. Fly, was it, you know, I think each of these planes costs at least $8,000 an hour just to operate. You know, so everyone's, uh, oh. You, you have to wonder what kind of boneheads. I mean, these guys obviously do not think like people with any, with a public relations clue. Exactly. I mean, you can't go flying around in a private jet begging for money. Yeah, and by the way, this is not just, this is not. And I, I will give them this. It's not like the U.S. auto industry is the only auto industry that's in trouble. Uh, Opel is about to get a huge bailout from uh, from the German government. And a very sad note, John, um, the very last Yugo rolled off the line oh, no. uh, earlier this week. Yeah, Yugo is it, dead. It, no it, more Yugo. It, the last Yugo limped off the yeah, line. I, I owned a Yugo station and wagon And actually, as point. it came off, the tires blew out. <laughs> it collapsed. The axle broke. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, they went to test the door, pulled the door. door came out off the last Yugo. <laughs> uh, I owned a Yugo. It was one of my first cars. It was all right, man. It, it yeah, pretty much yeah. did as advertised. Yeah, it rolled. <laughs> yeah, it rolled. That's exactly it. Uh, yeah, well, I guess there's no loss there. So uh, anyway, the uh, the Opal thing's kind of controversial because the the Germans are worried sick that they're going to give them the billion bucks, but because they're owned by General Motors, General Motors is going to take, take it, yeah. take the money, and say fuck you. Of course. But, uh, do you have an opinion? I, do you have an opinion on this? Because I mean, I've I've been pretty clear in. Uh, in daily source code, you know about what I think should happen here. What, what's your opinion uh, on uh, on the concept of a bailout for the uh, for the U.S. auto industry, or at least the unionized auto industry in the U.S.? I should say it's not Toyota and uh, and uh, and Honda who are uh, who are in line for a bailout. Who are, it's pretty much American-made cars and made in America. Uh, my thinking is is that if this is in the form of a loan that is secured. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. And I think most of this bailout is actually a loan. It's not like a giveaway uh, like the bankers are getting. I mean, they're getting, you know, essentially Paulson, when he did part of his deal, yeah, he took some stock from some preferred stock from some of the banks that they gave money to. But in the fact of the matter is his buddies uh, that were on the investment community were getting the same, doing the same buy in and getting a much better deal. So he essentially screwed the American public by, by, by giving a a shitty deal, lousy deal, a lousy deal. And, uh, obviously for whatever reason. Um, so, so it was kind of a, 
a giveaway uh, with the auto auto companies. You can't you can't really give them any money. You can just and you, but your reason for that your reason for that would be the United States government uh, lender of last resort. Uh, this industry is too big to fail. That's basically your your position. Well, yeah. I mean, it's one of these. This is another example of letting things get too big. In fact, they're talking about this on the Bloomberg and CNBC just recently about Citibank, which is down to three bucks a share, which is hilarious. Yeah. And um, talking about is it too big to fail? It's too big to fail. How does you think? Where is this? Is the reason we had antitrust laws so you don't have these monstrosities that are too big to fail so you end up with like instead of having a, a lot of little companies that do the same work i mean there used to be laws in the united states where you couldn't have a bank in more than one state you couldn't have a national bank you couldn't have the bank of america could have its offices in california but it couldn't have bank of america you know right. atm machines and offices in you know north carolina which is where they're headquartered now or all over the country like citibank does it had to be but no no let's change that and so that once you do, you cut the thing loose and let everybody just join up it you start to get these huge monstrosities that get to be too big to fail and then they can abuse the situation cuz hey what are they going to do they're, we're right. too big to fail right and this is the problem with the with the auto industry why do they let these guys buy each other out and form these giant corporations that are too big to fail this is the problem then this is what antitrust was all about this is why everyone talks about why small businesses are better than big monsters and but yet this they, they let this go on because it's like you know there's money in it for somebody but obviously it's congress i blame congress for the whole thing well of, well of course we <laughs> obviously uh, our congress has been underperforming uh, for quite some time but I, I really got to take an, an opposite stance on this. I mean, it's, I presume that you're saying too big to fail. I mean, in in the case of the the, the government sponsored enterprises like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, you know, there was a there was a, a guarantee that was implied, and of course now it had to become explicit, and that's really just government banks and in the in you know the Citibank. I'm not quite sure why that's too big to fail, um, but the auto industry, the only re- the only reason being given. That it's too big to fail is because it could potentially put millions of people out of work. Well, the real fear is that it's going to take all. The real problem is, of course, the people on the pensions uh, and and have long care. So, so, expl- so explain this to me for a second. Okay, so is it then not the case if because uh, I, I mean I see I see the sob stories, you know, and and I and I I feel horrible. Obviously, people say, "Oh, my pension's going to get ruined. I live on my my General Motors pension." Well, how does that work? These guys are then clearly spending people's pension money. Apparently. Well, so shouldn't that be looked at? Well, maybe some people should else? go to jail. Do you think that is a possibility? Yes, that's, yes, of course. That's, of I'm course. not against that. I think, these, I think a lot of these, these executives should have been thrown in the slammer years ago. I think at some at some point, you know, these guys are really pushing their luck. I mean, I am stunned. I mean, here's the and here. Let's go back to this. Martha Stewart did time. Yeah. For what? Yeah. Well, Mark Cuban's about to do the same thing. Uh, he'll probably get out of it. I don't think smarter. so. No, I. This, I've, I've been well, reading. Well, you know, she never did time for doing anything wrong. She did time for like not telling the truth to some government. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, that's that's called obstruct, obstruction of justice. Right. And they called. just made an example out of her. But, I mean, these guys are, like, screwing with everybody, and they're not going to do any time, and they should probably all be in jail. Well, if you read the Mark Cuban story, which is uh, also uh, about us, it's almost like a Martha Stewart case, also involves phone taps, etc. I, I, from what I'm understanding, this could be a vindictive move by the Justice Department or someone 
particularly against Mark Cuban, uh, Mark Cuban's involvement in uh, 9-11 Loose Change, the movie. And that that's why they're nailing him to the wall on something. <laughs> you really come off the left field. Some you, of like, you, a, you like that yeah. one, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. I, I would have, that would, uh, yeah. I think that's the only reason people listen to the show. No, wait a minute. Like, I'm telling you, man, there's well, like, there's like something else from the transcripts that someone dug up. I'd have to look for it. Um, well, if you can find the smoking gun in there that's, or evidence of a smoking gun or what they, you know, what you would perceive as one, uh -huh. I'd be interested in blogging that at least. But okay. yeah, as, you mean, who knows? I mean, Cuban is kind of an obnoxious character. Um, to, you know, I, I like the guy. I think he's funny and I think he's done a, he's good for, well, you know, you know what, you know sure. what, you know what pisses me off? Is he sold absolute shit to Yahoo? Every I mean, the guy's all right, and I like his HD net, and I like his basketball team, and I like what well, he's doing. You mean doing. the because he got away with one? He got away with a big one. A, oh, yeah. a, a, well, a, I mean, the broadcast.com was bullshit. Yeah, hey, I know, and he got three billion dollars. Three billion dollars for, dollars, for you know, doing nothing. That's the only thing that really, really pisses me off. It's like, yeah, come on. Yeah, who are we kidding? And he's got yeah, he's got big fuck you money, as we say. Yeah, he does. And, uh, but he's, you know, at least he's, at least he's done something with it that's, you know, uh, not detrimental to the public, uh, uh, trust. Well, no, I think he's done lots of good things. And I, I love reading his stuff. You know, I, I like reading uh, yeah, his blog. He's a good blogger and, uh, interesting character. Uh, but yeah, there, he may have done something to, you know, cause when you have that kind of money, you have to have some responsibility to the, to the shadow government, as you'd put it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you can't be, uh, you know, finance and stuff that they don't want you to deal with. Here it is. Um, okay. Well, it's from LouRockwell.com. If that gives oh, there's you a <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's 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 rents is the other one. Uh, uh, he has a, a New York Times key excerpts of a email correspondence. And it, it is. It's uh, it's all about the uh, the Loose Change movie. Hey, now, hey. Loose change is that? Have we talked about that? What, what is loose change again? Is that a, a truth or thing? Yeah, uh, that's no. the one that uh, Charlie Sheen uh, did the um, the voice, the narration for. Yeah, I, I must have seen it, but I can't remember it. Loose change is is probably um, one of the you know the foundations of the of the truther video movement, if you will. It's it's one of those that you know everyone that that woke a lot of people up there and there's your I just skyped you the the Lou Rockwell link, although I don't know about your connection right now you may want to be surfing around. Not too bad. Sounds better than I thought it was going to sound. Yeah, actually, uh, oh, since I'm in a hotel shared connection, yeah, I'm going to do it on you know. This, oh man, I get a. You don't you don't shit. you don't have to look at it right now. No, I just opened up like quick time or something. Ah, <laughs> uh, you must be on Vista. <laughs> well, here's the Lou Rockwell thing. I said, like, free Mark Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, man. It's funny. I'll check this out later. It's funny. Self-made billionaire, yeah. Yeah, self-made. So lottery winner. Why don't they yeah. just call it one? <laughs> <laughs> just call it what it is. <laughs> uh, he did good. Bless him. Bless him for that. Um, let's see, man. What else we got going on? It's it's weird that you're not in the states. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's nice over here. 
it's particularly nice. I mean, this weather here is unbelievable. So you, you, I didn't know Europe was having such fantastic weather right now. Well, they're not. How you doing? <laughs> you're, you're only the third world portion of Europe is having fantastic weather. We have real shit here. We got the blustery winds, snow flurries. We've had, uh, it was like 73 when I left California. Yeah. Yeah. I know. No, it's not, uh, it's not been great. I, I was supposed to fly to Holland to go, uh, see Patricia's, uh, uh, one of her live shows. And she, she even she said, please don't fly. I, I, she said, like, I'll be really nervous until you land, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, hey, you shouldn't fly in this kind of weather. What, why, why? Well, that, well she's, yeah, she's perhaps. right. Yeah, exactly. Why? You're right. You know, you get to see your, when she comes home, too, you noticed. Well, barely. She, she you know, <laughs> she's, it's like now we got, we're, we're like a working family. Well, you know, it did only last for a while, and then you're back to normal. This, this, I'm, I'm afraid, bank, John. More gold bars. No, I, I'm afraid. More gold bars. Hey, baby, put this in your suitcase. Now, I'm um, I'm afraid that that my wife has actually um, embarked on a later in life stage career that is um, just at the beginning of its meteoric rise. I mean, she's got like. Eight producers a day calling her. Oh, we want you to do this show. Can you please? You know, we got this weekly show. This is this is going to be great. This is you know, this is written for you. This is perfect. I mean, it's just one offer after the other. It's unbelievable. Just take the highest money offer, and you know, the likelihood of another hit, you know, is pretty rare in I, television. I am I am so looking forward to you meeting my wife because um, she thinks just like you. <laughs> Take the money and run. She's just like I ain't doing shit unless it's for a lot of money. <laughs> like that's right, baby. Let me show you the picture of that jet I'm looking at. Let me show that to you one more time, man. I I got offered the Fortis Bank jet the other day. For, oh really? Yeah, five million dollars. <laughs> it's a twelve million dollar aircraft. They're selling it that's for five million. Yeah, the maintenance is a little rough on those things. Yeah, no, I mean, if you can't afford the maintenance, then you shouldn't have the plane at all. But I'm just saying that a $12 million aircraft being offered to the bank's clients for $5 million, that's, yeah, that's a bad sign that, of the bank. <laughs> even though they're owned by the Dutch government at this point, or the Dutch and Belgian governments, or whoever owns them. It's a fire sale, they call that. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. What kind of jet is it? Is it what, what model? It's, um... Uh... I think it was a, a CJ. I think it was a Cessna. I, I, I should look up the offer again. I, I, I know that it's a, it's a good jet. Trust me. <laughs> As jets go, it's a good jet. It's just funny. If you had a jet, you'd be fl- you'd never be home. No, that's not true, man. I got I, I got my plane here. I haven't flown the thing in almost two months. I hope it still starts. <laughs> Get, yeah, well, you know, you, it, uh, there's nothing worse for an aircraft than sitting around not flying. That's, right. that's actually not fun. really good. Same thing with a Ferrari, by the way. Oh, you know, I have had, I think, just about every stupid car known to man. And um, I recently discovered that I'm done. <laughs> I'm <laughs> done with automobiles. I'm quite perfectly happy to be driven around by anyone. I've had them all. My my favorite was the Rolls Royce, which I drove into New York every day for like seven years. Yeah, yeah, it's a little flamboyant. Not at all. Yeah, yeah, it is. I've been to New York as much as anyone, and it's like I I don't think I've seen a Rolls but two or three times ever. 
Well, the cool thing was, this is back when we had the squeegee guys at the tunnel. Remember those? Oh, yeah, those guys. And uh, which... Um, they uh, came up with the... Okay. For people who don't know, these the guys who would come up to uh, your car with an oily rag full of goo and, <laughs> and offer to wash your window. Well, not even offer. They'd, like, throw the, the oily goo rag onto your window... And, of course, if you were in the know, then you'd already have your windshield wipers going, which was the universal signal for don't touch the car, motherfucker. Um, and uh, it used to be like a dollar. And Giuliani got rid of uh, rid of all the squeegee guys, by the way. I'm, I think he, he put them in Oklahoma. But he got rid of them regardless. And so I'd drive through the Lincoln Tunnel with the rolls, and, uh, and I'd put my wipers on, and then the squeegee guy would go, Oh, man, I wasn't going to touch the car. Come on, give me a dollar for the thought. <laughs> which I usually would wind up doing. Like, thank you. It's a dollar for not touching my car. A dollar to go. It's like the guys who, you know, in the, that was the era when it was really annoying to go on the subway because there was usually one or two competitive beggars. You know, like sometimes with a saxophone or just coming around with a long store, they'd walk into the car and then they'd say, ladies and gentlemen, oh, I'm yeah. not I'm, a beggar. I'm, yeah, I'm a student. <laughs> I'm not a beggar. I am an actor. I'm here and on a scholarship. And then they go into their spiel, and everyone would put their heads down and go, oh, my God, oh, God here we go right. again. That, that's why the iPod was such an important invention. So you didn't have to listen to that. Yeah, well, you don't see it too much anymore, although it has happened occasionally, but it's pretty rare because they did crack. Once they crack down, it takes a while for it to redevelop. I think over time uh, it will reappear. New York is a very cyclical city. It just deteriorates drastically overnight and then has to be straightened out by some tough guy. Which uh, Giuliani was? Yeah, well, it's actually the guy that the the, the head chief of police oh. uh, who, who was responsible for all that stuff. The guy went down to L.A. and has been unable to do crap down there. Really? Because it's a total mess. Uh, who was that? Uh, what's his name? Braxton Brax Brad Braddock Bradford. I wouldn't know. Yeah. I really wouldn't Get know. Up. Well, he's he's the guy who came up with. He's it's his theory that the squeegee guys were the uh, you know he says. He says most of the crime has a lot to do with perception. And once you lower the perception, then people change their attitudes and they don't walk around like, like victims. And then the whole, and, and, and the crime rate would actually falls. And so he went after the, what, what he calls obvious petty crimes that they were always ignoring right. because they didn't think it was that important to bust right. the squeegee guys. So he felt just the opposite. He says those are the guys you want to get rid of because it makes the place look like it's crime ridden. Because I have to say, I was there when that took place, and even though I, again, I, I'm afraid that he took all these people and dumped them somewhere, put them in a mass grave, and killed them all. But well, uh, turned out he had the actual numbers on. He says there weren't that many squeegee guys, except they were out all the time. And he says once yeah. you started arresting them and throwing them in jail, making it inconvenient for him to do this, they went out, they went elsewhere. Well, he but cleaned maybe, it up. Maybe there is a, a shallow grave somewhere. Whatever the case was, he cleaned up the place and he got. Then he then they went further and they cleaned up Times Square. Yeah, got rid of the prostitution. That's all. That was all around that Times Square area. Uh, pushed it kind of the outskirts and got rid of. I think generally speaking, there's it's nothing like. I mean, back in that era, I mean, you could go. Anywhere in New York, and there was hookers, or there were hookers everywhere. Ah, good times, good times. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you, John. So let's say we're uh, we're living on uh, we're living like somewhere. Let me just say Africa, and we're sitting around. We're saying, "Hey, man, you know, let's 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 pull off a heist and let's make some money." You know, I, 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 there's so many rich fuckers in this world. Uh, let's go. Uh, I know. Let's hijack an oil tanker. Can you explain this rationale to me why Somali pirates 
have hijacked an oil tanker and what they actually think to get away with? They've been hijacking these things for about two or three years now. Now they, they, this wasn't just the one. They, that was the big one. That was the monster. I, mean, no, I know the they've, they've 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 jacked the oil. Them. They've jacked the the towers out there. You know, a hundred miles off the coast. I mean, I mean, is is it is it really such a big trade? I mean, even to, to go to go hijack this monstrous thing. I mean, they actually think they're going to get away with anything. They've already gotten away with a number of hijacks. Yeah, but this is this are, is the biggest. This has got you know. What, uh, yeah, but they got carried away with this one. They they took out the the. <laughs> how many how many millions of barrel like a two million barrels of oil are on this thing? It's a, it's a, it's one. I think it's one third of daily Saudi production right, is in that right. one boat. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think they're going to get paid off, and they're going to release the boat, and that's going to be that. But now, of course, yeah, you know, Blackwater's getting involved. Yeah, I know that they, they've got their own ship with an attack helicopter, and right, they're going to they got to. In fact, Blackwater's going to develop their own private navy. Oh, yeah, which I'm thinking to myself, why doesn't the Saudis just you know do the same? I, I just you know these guys, the Blackwater guys, are amazingly entrepreneurial. I mean, I've never seen you know to commercialize mercenaryism to this extreme is just i mean i only saw this guy with the guy who runs blackwater he testified before congress once and he looks like a silicon valley guy is that uh, was mean, prince is that his name yes i can't remember yeah, I think but so. anyway i was watching him testify because he rarely shows his face probably for good reason and it just was just this, this guy is a genius well, I've, I mean, seen him on, a, I've seen him on charlie rose i'll, I'll look that up for you because it was a really good uh, it was a really good show and the guy's—he is—he does look like a Silicon Valley entrepreneur. Yeah, but it—but it's disgusting to me. Yeah, well, I mean, it should be. I mean, we shouldn't have this kind of thing. But the fact of the matter is, I've never seen—I I would have never imagined in a million years that somebody could commercialize this kind of business to such an extreme that it's like you know becoming its own government. It could probably take over a place. Well, it's called the military-industrial complex, John. It's been going for a while. That's what I said, but it's not been this entrepreneurialized and such an extreme where it's like just out in the open. And I, I think that they could be hired to take over a government. You can say, well, let's, let's, what, you know, do a contract deal. You know, you get a bunch of billionaires together. Oh, that's interesting. So wait a minute. So what you're saying is they, of course, will always go for the highest bidder. So uh, in a very typical American lazy entrepreneurial way, instead of going to the arms we have the right to bear to, fuck it, we'll just hire Blackwater for our coup. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Higher, they have a navy pretty soon. So you figure you you target a country, look around, you know, you can look at South America, like you can this. look anywhere which some island, some island. You target it. How about the, how about the United States? Let's go to Washington. We'll hire Blackwater to do it for us. I think it's going to be that'd be a tough one because I think they're in cahoots. So that's not going to happen. But let, let's just say there's some country in Africa or that has a lot of natural resources or something in South America. We take Blackwater and we just take over the place. Yeah. And then how we about, immediately, um, do a, immediately do a treaty with the United States, you know, and some sort of a quid pro quo. Right. And then and then just take and steal all the resources. Right. And how about be uh, for, you should be able to do a cost benefit analysis. We'll <laughs> pay for the country and play, you know, Blackwater will get paid off. They'll make a and they get a piece of it. You have to do it as a stock deal. So they get stock options on the country's resources, and so Blackwater becomes a partner, and they also the military. And you boom, it's no, it's, you know, it's all done just as a, as a like any other investment. And the only the only thing you have to talk Except about is the warrants. It's just the warrants, you know. It's like that's all that we care about at the end of the deal. 
But isn't that exactly what Georgia did with killing and murdering? Is like like any Silicon Valley deal? Yeah, well, this is Georgia south of Sedia. That's that's exactly what happened. They they got Blackwater guys in to do it. Yeah, that could be. (laughs) So, um, yeah, well, yeah, they probably do. So uh, yeah, it's all a scam. So I guess. Talking about scams, Putin is going to ride. You know, they've changed all their laws. They're going to keep themselves in. These guys are never going to. Yeah, going gonna now. Do. Now the term is six years in Russia for the president instead of four. Yeah, Putin's going to be in forever. Let's yeah. face it. Yeah, he's the next thing to Stalin. Well, I don't know. You know, that's probably. Well, Russia had to do something. You know, because um, all of their oligarchs are uh, are going belly up. So, the, so I guess the uh, the oil companies that uh, they initially. Stole and now stealing back. Is that kind of the way it works? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, you mean the government's taking the government's you know, taking they, them back. They get yeah. these guys, these guys, guys are abusing their privilege, and then they say, you know, you guys are making too much money. Let's put the CEO in jail. By the way, maybe we should be thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's what lines. I'm saying. They're onto something here. Let's put these CEOs in jail. <laughs> the CEO in jail and take the company. Uh, I, I, I do want to uh, promote um, the End the Fed rally, which takes place today in 39 different cities in the United States. Uh, endthefed.us. That's the root of all the problems, John. That, by the way, reminds me of another thing I noticed out here. They call it, uh, and it, 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 there may be some truth to that, because I was noticing the, on the Euro news here, when they refer to Bernanke, yeah, Bernanke, Bernanke, Bernanke. You say Bernanke. Anyway, so they call him the head. They call him the head of the central bank. Well, that's what he is. Yeah, no, I know. I realized that, but it's like we wouldn't. The United States, we don't use that 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 nomenclature. No, we of course say, not. You know, we need we need to put Federal reserve. It's yeah. like a committee, and it's got nothing to you know. It's yeah, just we we have to use the word federal because then it sounds governmental, and that's part of the scam. Yeah, central Which was bank set up in central ni- bank. 1913. The central bank. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's highly amused. Well, I'm not. <laughs> so I'm getting a sling box and a sling catcher. You had to be no, in Portugal to figure that out. I'm sorry. What? No, no. I, I was just came after I we did the last show because we were talking about setting up sling boxes at right. either end right. so I could watch your TV. Yep. And uh, but you, what you really want is I, I haven't hooked these up yet, so I don't know how difficult this is going to be. I'll probably blog it or it's incredibly it easy to set up. Well, I'm talking about the sling catcher. If you you haven't you're familiar no, with yeah, the sling I, I catcher, no, yeah, I, I don't have the sling catcher. Uh, but the I sling am, catcher I have to, lets you yeah, you lets you receive it and put it back on your television, right? Right. So I could take your signal and then put it on my TV as I was watching your set on my TV, not on the computer. Right. And I guess it has other uses, uh, you know, like, a, I guess, like an Apple TV or something like that. I'm not sure what the, all the things it can do are, but it costs as much as a sling box, so it probably does a few things. Well, I'll go out and buy one this afternoon. I'm doing a little bit of shopping anyway. I have the sling box, but I want to get a separate sling box. Uh, well, we already, we've already gone through all of this, uh, but I'm also ordering multiple lines. I'm getting my cable modem. I'm getting a DSL line. Cause, you know, you have to be careful these days because you uh, get penalized as an uploader. Uh, by these uh, frickin' ISPs. Oh, you're uploading too much, so we'll just break your connection. Hmm. You're, you're probably doing something illegally. Yes, which reminds me of the Tennessee story, which we might as well mention. Okay, well, I don't is, know I guess, about that. The Tennessee, um, the state of Tennessee decided to put uh, nine 
$1.8 million plus a recurring $1.5 million into the university system. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, yeah, to, to monitor, monitor yeah, for file sharing. So, in other words, the, instead of giving the money to the for education, yeah, to learn they, something, they, they basically at the behest of the RIAA, which should, if they're going to monitor, they let the RIA put in ten million dollars, uh, as opposed to the idiots at the state of Tennessee. The, the state should be ashamed of itself, and they should get that governor, who's apparently behind the whole thing, out of office. I mean, what kind of an idiot? Uh, is going to spend taxpayer money for something like this to monitor, to do police, to do police work for in the benefit of for file sharing. I mean, you know, give me hey, a break. John, hold on one second. You just started to sound like RoboCop for a moment there. Yeah, I know you're breaking up too. I think as we get into the hour here, the uh, yeah, hold, that's that's not even worth what you're saying. Hold on, I'm going to call you back. All right. Okay. All right. You there? Don't tell me I lost you. No, I'm here. Uh, okay, good. Ah, yeah, we're back. We're back. All right. Yeah, well, we're going to have to wrap anyway because uh, i got to take off anyway. Uh, and I think the connection is going to fall apart. But anyway, just the Tennessee story. It's, it's on the blog, dvorak.org slash blog. Check it out. All right. So, oh, man. You only want to do an hour with me. Huh? It's just because you're going to go take pictures with some guy. It's like. It's, it's actually a whole group of photographers who are going to go shoot Lisbon. <laughs> That's funny. So, you, so you travel around like a bunch of guys with with no, like no, fanny packs, and and you're taking pictures of shit, like <laughs> Japanese tourists. Exactly, <laughs> with expensive cameras. Except you, you'll have your little uh, uh, your little uh, cyber shot thingy there. No, I brought the big camera. Really, I didn't know you had a big unit. I have an Olympus five twenty. Ooh, nice. Very nice. Right, What's well, really nice is an 11 to 22 millimeter lens I have, which is an astonishing product. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Not really into cameras. I, I got some good cameras. Somewhere. So somebody told me that our outro theme was depressing. Really? Yeah, I said, oh, I get so depressed at hearing it. Maybe they just depressed. Cause depressed because the show is over. I, I think that's <laughs> uh, that must be it. It's not depressing. It has that nice little subtle thing and... And I know that people are just sitting there, just listening to it all the way to the very last tone and thinking, ah, oh, wow, wow, that was a good show. I can't wait until the next one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's about it. I feel uh, strangely unsatisfied. Well, we could have got another half hour, but we'll hit the whole thing next next week. All right. Well, I'll be here. You're going to be back in San Francisco, I hope, because I, I need you to have your American news hat on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. All right. Well, um, so you're flying back through Frankfurt again? Uh, I, they changed my flight, so I don't know. But if I go through London, I'll try to stop off. Yeah, please do. When is that, tomorrow or Monday? Tomorrow. Okay. Well, let me know, because the airport is literally... Heathrow and Gatwick both are like 30 minutes away, so... Good. If you have a layover or whatever. Okay. And uh, call me. I won't pick up and enjoy your time at Heathrow Airport. <laughs> All right, John. Listen, have uh, have a great day. Have a safe flight back, uh, and I look forward to to talking longer next time. Okay. All right. Um, so that wraps it up. Coming to you from the United Kingdom, the affluent suburb of Surrey and Guildford. I'm Adam Curry, and I'm John C. Dvorak in Lisbon, Portugal. We'll talk to you again next week, right here on No Agenda. Enjoy the depressive theme. <laughs>